we have these crossroads. And you know, either way you choose, your life is going to be different. The universe doesn't exist, but God thinks it does. We have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. Stupidity has a definite evolutionary function. I am all for abolishing stupidity, but before it goes, we should pay tribute to it. Hello and welcome to the Nonsense Bazaar, where your host, I'm Sequoia Kennedy. And I'm Willow Truman. Willow, step into my dimly lit chamber. Oh, oh no. Here, have a robe. You'll need it. I'm usually wearing my robe. I know you're not today, which is funny. <laughs> you're, well, you're going to want to dress up as ostentatiously and spookily as possible. Oh, good. As if as if you were a progressive era, uh, that's turn of the 20th century for all you listeners who slept through American history. Progressive era capitalists pretending to be three wise men with a vast trove of ancient wisdom. Ooh, I can do that. <laughs> Hidden for millennia, but now at long last, to be revealed to you, dear listener, for but a nickel. That's a 1908 nickel, too. So, like, I don't know, it's like the cost of a paperback today, which is, that's that's what it is <laughs> that we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Today we're talking about The Kybalion, one of the most well-known and influential books in this modern occult revival, and the last one, and the one before that, and the one before that. No further back, though, because it was published in 1908, and it's literally not any older than that. Okay. Yeah. The Kabbalion purports to be a documentation of the secret mystery teachings of Hermeticism, the key to the magic of Hermes Trismegistus, down the unbroken chain of mages and sages all the way to the alleged authors of the book, The Three Initiates. You'd be hard-pressed to find any text on esotericism and occultism that is, like, more widely read and referenced. Its impact is fucking huge. Mitch, the uh, the man with the leather jacket, Horowitz, recently made a, a movie about it. There's lots of shots of pyramids. A movie about the Kybalion? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the ancient wisdom contained therein. Man, you know, this is one that's just gone, like, over my head in terms of <sighs> readings that I've done. Haven't read it. Good. So I'm looking forward to this. It's a, it's a yeah, chance to be- Yeah, a lot of people have. To be learned, to so, be entertained. So every sentence I just spoke- about the whole, the key to the magic. It's believed to be the key to the magic. Down the unbroken chain. You'd be hard-pressed to find any text. Mitch made a movie about it. You can add the word unfortunately to the beginning of every sentence, every oh one God. of those sentences. What's the stuff about the three men? The three initiates. Are they, like, stacked up in the robe together? Like like three little dudes tr- pretending to be one dude? Essentially, yeah. Pretended to be Hermes Trismegistus? Essentially, didn't yeah. Exist? Yeah. Yeah. It's a guy named Bill. <laughs> It's three guys named Bill, no, no. except one goes by Will, the other goes by Billy. Well, it's it's one dude named Bill who also went by Theron Q. Dumont and Yogi Ramachakra. Oh my god. Yeah, we'll, get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Three guys in a robe. <laughs> three guys who are the same guy in a robe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So... Yeah, I mean, I almost wanted to save the rug pull for 20 minutes or so into the episode to make sure I hooked the people who needed to hear this. Yeah. Don't leave, please. You do need to hear this. (laughs) (laughs) I I need to hear it. Now, I say unfortunately, because while there may be some value in the Kybalion, it simply is not an ancient work of hermetic wisdom and mystery school bullshit. The unbroken chain of student to teacher that the three initiates writes about doesn't exist. The three initiates don't exist. Actually, it's... Yogi Bear exists. Yeah, that's a different initiate. Okay. Yeah. And, like, this book is actually purportedly not even the actual holy book, the Kybalion, but a, but an exegesis 
on an ancient holy book called the Kybalion, which is now lost forever to the sands of time. Oh. Which doesn't exist and never did. Like, the Kybalion refers to, like, it has excerpts from the real Kybalion in it. Right. Shit. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. See, while the Kybalion presents itself as a work of Hermeticism, in fact, presents itself as the work of Hermeticism, the truth is, if it has anything to do with Hermeticism, it was influenced by a poor, turn-of-the-century understanding of said philosophy Hermeticism, which we will define in a bit, and mixed liberally with that particularly American form of applied metaphysical idealism, New Thought. Um, and the worst part is everyone knows it. Like, even Mitch, I can't let go of my early 30s Horowitz knows this. Um, and I decided I'm just going to shit on Mitch whenever I can because his ass sold out to Gaia and that's just the line yeah, for that, me. Yeah, it's my line too. Yeah, it's my fucking line. Mm -hmm. And then, honestly, in some ways, uh, one might say that the Kybalion is the Gaia TV of the early 20th century. That's a cool analogy. I, I, the better one is that... The publishing house that it was published under is the Gaia TV right. of the early 20th century. Yeah, but there's this is the most famous book out of there. So is it almost like a piece of unfiction? No. Okay. It's bullshit. Yeah. It's not a piece of unfiction. Right. He didn't have that concept. He wasn't going for highfalutin. He wasn't mm -hmm. going for high art here. It is new thought, like think and grow rich. The power of positive okay. thinking, all that, so dressed just, up in Egyptomania, and yeah. Just like a dime a dozen, here's another one of those wise old manuscripts for you. Right, but this literally says, we are three initiates in this ancient mystery school that's going to give you the secrets of the ancient magic of Hermes. Yeah, well, when we think about, like, what were the other currents of spirituality at that time? I mean, you the, you've got... You've, it's golden dawn shit. Yeah, got it fits right in there. Oh, yeah. Egyptomania was huge. People are primed dude. for this. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was a very clever sales tactic. I mean, this dude, I don't, I don't want to burn all this right yet, but this guy was pretty adept at dressing up his shit in the, the clothes of other cultures that might sell better. In a nice robe. Yeah, in a nice robe. Yeah. And while I am more sympathetic to New Thought than most and believes it, I do think it deserves a seat at the table. And that's basically, you know, the idea of mental causation, that your thoughts- Yeah impact your reality. Right. Yeah. And even though, like, I fully admit that there may be actual practical value in the Kybalion, stripped of its superficial and only superficial hermetic trappings, it is so far down on the list of important esoteric books that it shouldn't even be a widely known fact that it's on the list. It's not that good. Yeah. Yeah. And yet, without even checking, I guarantee you that it's somewhere on the first page of bestsellers in the occult and paranormal category on Amazon right now. Every time there's a Reddit post about what book should I start with, every last one of these posts says, I already have the Kybalion. The amount of people who start talking about Hermeticism from the perspective of having only read the Kybalion is staggering. And like, mm. no hate, it's not your fault. But it's like, it's okay, this is a super, super nerd time, but it's a good example. It's like, it's like trying to have a conversation about like Japanese manga having only ever watched the animated Castlevania adaptation of the of the game. That is, talking about Japanese comic books while having only watched an American cartoon. Right. It's not the same. There's a bit of influence there, sure, but it's simply not the same thing. And I really like the history of Hermeticism. I think it's a cool thing. And the fact that it's like just kind of gotten eaten mm -hmm. by the Kybalian version of it, which just is not the same philosophy, sucks. Yeah. Sucks. That's interesting that they yeah. it calls itself the same thing, purports to be from the same philosophy of thought, and yet is different in its philosophy. Yeah. 
I'm sure it's, it's the same in some ways too. It's in lots of ways. It's probably. for sure influenced by. Yeah. Right. But but with the, alterations, the aim is different, and I and that's the important thing. As a uh, Nicholas Chapel, who I'm going to be referencing later on, he writes that Hermeticism has a lot to say about the Kybalion, but the Kybalion has nothing to say about Hermeticism. It, that's that's kind of a good way to think about it. Like it's, it would be fine if it was just this early 20th century curiosity of like, oh yeah, that's not really hermetic, whatever, but there's, you can read it. It's fine. But when it's like every person who thinks they're interested in hermeticism under 50 mm-hmm. starts from the perspective of the Ky- Kybalion, mm-hmm. that's a fucking problem. Also, the Kybalion is not a word in any fucking language. Yeah. It's like they took the word Kabbalah and turned it Greek. It's actually pronounced Kybalion. <laughs> That's no. That's you don't know that it's not. <laughs> Do we have the the fucking Snoop Dogg uh, AI voice? <laughs> I wish. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna talk. We're gonna look at the Kabbalion, compare it to actual Hermeticism, and try to figure out. I don't know. Fucking something. Uh, maybe one or two people who listen to this will buy better books. But first, we're gonna do what we do: pull a tarot card, which we'll talk about at the end of the episode. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Three of cups. Okay. It's the, it's the three initiates. Yeah. That's so joyful. I'm <laughs> having a great time. Oh. You know what movie I watched yesterday? What's that? Three women. Nice. There you go. That's not a very joyful movie. Okay. Now I got to think about what the, how that actually refers to it uh, besides just the fact that it's the three fake initiates. This little pyramid on there. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that at the end. Abundance. I like this card. I mean, it's, it's a great, happy card. It's a great card. Yeah. It's a card of having a great old time, which William Walker Atkinson surely was. It's a card of getting together. Yeah. We'll think about that. We will talk about that at the end of the episode. First, we got to talk about hermeticism. Okay. It's a word you've definitely encountered if you've spent any time at all among the spookier realms, right? Yeah. It's like one of the first words that you got to look up when you start looking at spooky shit. But what exactly is it? I don't know. You don't even know. (laughs) I don't know. Lots of people don't fucking know. Most scholars don't really know. I don't know. I mean, yeah, like, is it a religion, a system of magic, a mystery school? What is it? It's hard to answer. It's a hard question to answer. 
which may be why Hermeticism gets used so loosely and liberally from all time and from every angle. It's one of the reasons, at least. And it, well, it's far too much to give a real history and explanation of in this episode. One day, I'll like, we'll go into it hardcore because it's super important um, and really interesting, I, I, I think, at least. But do what we can right now. So Hermeticism dates back to somewhere between 300 BCE and 30 BCE in Hellenistic Egypt. That's when after, you ever heard of Alexander the Great? Oh, God, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he... Uh, he, he what a fun time. Yeah, he fucking <laughs> ran ramshot all over the all over the known world at the time, all over the Mediterranean Sea. He founded a bunch of cities called Alexandria, a whole bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Most famous of which was in Egypt. That's where that the library was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That one. The, the famous one. Mm-hmm. One time he he tried to go look for a basilisk, and instead he found Diogenes just hanging out in a bathtub. And he was like, "Ha! You thought you were gonna find a dragon? No, it's me." Greeks had a great time doing everything. Yeah, Macedonians. Sorry, sorry. Well, fucking Alexander took over this whole known world and w- brought with it Greek, Macedonian, Hellenistic culture to these places that he fucking took over. Part one of those places was Egypt. Installed the Ptolemaic dynasty. Greeks run in Egypt. And with it, they brought their gods and shit, their religions. And the uh, old Egyptian religion and Greek religion kind of had to fuse so everyone could get along, right? Yeah. And, you know, both cultures had a grand and tremendous history of philosophy, uh, magic, all this shit. I mean, honestly, what we think of as Greek magic comes from Egypt, but it comes out of this melting pot Mm -hmm. that happens there. And you've got all these things like Greek and Egyptian gods getting smashed the fuck together. Because like, oh, they're... These two dudes do the same thing. Let's put them together. So we'll call them Hermanubis, Hermes and Anubis, shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Greek mythology and philosophy began to syncretize with Egyptian mythology and philosophy. That was going on a whole bunch at this time. Mm-hmm. Looking like the Greek magical papyri, you'll see like Egyptian gods, Jewish god names, Greek gods, all of it just fucking smashed together. Yep. Like we kind of forget about Alexander the Great these days. Of all the world conquerors, he was we like shouldn't. the least impressive. You know, pretty important. Yeah, but like, I don't know. But yeah, it's, his empire is like what the size of Texas, if that. Fuck out of here. <laughs> but and all these gods are getting smashed together. Hermes and Anubis, Herman Anubis, fucking all these other these other pricks. Um, <laughs> the central character in the Hermetica, the collection of Hermetic texts, makes up Hermeticism is perhaps the ultimate example of this type of uh, syncretism. Hermes Trismegistus, or Thoth Hermes Trismegistus, or Thoth Mercurius Hermes Trismegistus. He's kind of like a fusion between the Greek god Hermes and the Egyptian god Thoth. You know? What? I'm just thinking about Devin Maggi. Oh, this fucking guy. My name is Hermes. It's not the... You're about to get turning. God, Jesus Christ. Don't, don't bring <laughs> that... How he called himself Hermes Trismegistus and put out that album. Isn't he just like a meth head now? God knows what he's doing. <laughs> God, sometimes uh, he'll do every now and then a YouTube live stream, but that's neither here nor there. That's neither here nor there. Who knows? Maybe it's Hermes. I don't fucking know. No one really knows who Hermes Trismegistus is. It's kind of one of those guys you can do whatever the fuck you want with. Hermes Trismegistus, kind of fusion between Hermes and Thoth, both had similar places in their respective pantheons, right? Like gods of knowledge, writing, communication, science, magic. That shit. They're both the wizard gods, right? Hermes Trismegistus, like, he's, while being a combination of these two characters, like, he's not presented as a god himself. 
but rather yet another old desert wizard who gets the secrets of the universe revealed to him while deep in meditation. Ah. In some ways, it'd be fair to say he's the original Ascended Master. Yeah. Or Mistress Majestus. It's yeah. funny because I've been thinking about the Ascended Masters movement as you've been talking about yeah. the synthesis of two cultures. You yeah, know, and I mean. How that creates its own new mythology. Yeah, it's kind of like the, like where the fucking masters or secret chiefs or what have you, where those fuckers would fit within like a cosmic hierarchy. Yeah. A mytholo- mythological hierarchy. Mm-hmm. That's sort of where Hermes Trismegistus fits. Right. It's on that on that plane. I would say he's more God than like he's he's an aspect of the current of thought that Hermes and Thoth represent. While in these stories, not necessarily being a god. Yes. Do you yes. get it? Yeah. I okay. totally yeah. get it. I hope okay. our listeners do too. <sighs> no one really does. It's <laughs> one of the, like, it's, it's a fucking hard current of thought to talk about. In the Hermetic tradition, Hermes Trismegistus is believed to be the author of the Hermetic texts or claimed to be the author of the Hermetic text, which contain the foundational teachings of Hermeticism. These texts include the Corpus Hermeticum, the Emerald Tablet, the Asclepius, or the uh, perfect discourse, and there's a bunch of other fragments and shit which discuss themes like ah, divine wisdom, gnosis, theurgy, ritual magic, um, astrology, and in the denser texts, the ones that people don't usually get to, there's all sorts of wild shit like um, pulling spirits into statues and stuff like that. Hermeticism is fucking wild. Yeah. And contrary to other traditions, Hermeticism wasn't like a mainstream religion or belief system, but a more obscure esoteric tradition. Its teachings were probably disseminated through small groups of people calling themselves initiates who sought to raise their understanding and their divine knowledge through group ritual practices in small clubs, in libraries. It's very Three of Cups energy. Um, It's basically what occult traditions have always been. Yeah. It's exactly the same. Literally fucking book clubs talking about weird shit that no one else cares about. Yeah. That's it. Trying to attain godhood. And the Hermetic tradition was like, and it was, a you know, the Hermetic tradition was also like an alternative to the like state religions and the old staid fucking Greek pantheons and shit. It was that new shit. It was that cool new shit about actually meeting the one fucking god, which was probably influenced by... Judaism and shit, which was also coming into the mix and, and all this stuff, and Egyptian monotheism and stuff. One could say it's, I mean, a magical version, meaning using ritual to raise yourself up, approach to the milieu of religions that were happening in Alexandria at that time. Yep. Yeah. It's a good way to put it. I'm proud of myself for that. <laughs> proud of you. <sighs> Don't be. <laughs> And so, yeah, it was never an organized religion or influential social institution. Yeah, but so it had a huge influence. Right. Nobody for a was long like time. going to the Church of Hermeticism. No. Like they didn't have their temple that people went no. for, like a gathering place. They didn't no. have priests of Hermeticism no. that, that would preach to the people. They didn't have specific texts that they would hand out that were like, "This is the text." No, it these was, are the rules. Not that at all. It was shit for isolated nerds from the very get go. Love it. Yeah. So there's really three main texts in the Hermetica. There's the collections of writing known as the Corpus Hermeticum. Then there's the shorter Emerald Tablet, which uh, that one's nice and short. Very short. These were these were known at the time the Kybalion was written. They're influenced by. They got a lot of Greek philosophy and myth in there. A lot of Egyptian philosophy and myth. 
I guess there's some fucking Gnosticism thrown up in there too. Oh, you yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. Hermeticism influenced Gnosticism. Gnosticism in turn influenced the Corpus Hermeticum, which wasn't written until hundreds of years after Hermeticism began. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's intensely complex, but I think you get the kind of just, it's always been kind of a mutable, weird thing that people have yeah. slapped onto things. Yeah. The third text, the Asclepius, or the Perfect Discourse, or the Perfect Sermon. I mean, I'm not a fucking scholar of anything. I'm a dumb guy, but... Is Asclepius a person or a thing? Asclepius? Like, what is Asclepius? You ever heard of Imhotep? Yes. That's Asclepius. It's another another name for Imhotep. Word. Of Asclepius, yeah. The, and he's another, like, real person that it got turned into a mythical figure. Yeah. Like, the supposed builder of the pyramids and shit. Yep, or yep. Laid the... He didn't build it by hand. And didn't you, I, I, I hate that. Call the guy that drew the thing the builder. You're right. It's bullshit. No. <laughs> There's men out there in the hot no. sun sweating their balls off. Don't know their names. Nope. Who built the White House? Fuck if I know. Slaves, that's who. Bunch of working class. Yeah. Who, working class. Whose men. names are never credited. Yeah, it's all fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the perfect discourse, the, the Asclepius book, it's a, it's a dialogue between Hermes and... Asclepius, oh, who's okay, like his cool. like student, and this was this was for up until the Corpus Hermeticum was like first translated and shit. This was the only book that the classical world or medieval classical medieval whatever the fuck those old fuckers. This is the only one they knew for like you know almost a thousand years. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the least well known now because, uh, well, I don't know why it just it's where all the good shit is. Huh. Yeah. But, the deep cut. Yeah, well, it's like the actual magic shit. Wow. The actual doing stuff shit. The Man, techniques and... It's like when you go through the discography of like your favorite band and you find that album that you, you didn't even know existed and you listen to it and you're like, this is awesome. This yeah. Is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, Why isn't this their, their most famous one? It's the... Uh, Asclepius is Pink Floyd's metal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's the deep um, cut. Yeah, it's the, it's the best album. But it's also super dense. Yeah. It's wicked. The Asclepius is super fucking dense and uh, hard to interpret, mm. you know, even despite it having all the good shit, the meditation, the techniques to transcend. And it's, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know what happened, but um, it's clear that the three initiates didn't read the Asclepius because uh-huh. the Asclepius kind of shits all over the Kybalion. Like that's funny. It's pretty explicitly about getting overworldly attachment. Pretty clear about how the divine hierarchy works. It's mainly about how meditation and contemplation will bring you to God, and that's the only point to life. It's also incredibly dense, yeah. But it introduces the practices of ritual, like the actual ritual practices and shit. Yeah. AKA theurgy has a ton to say about the gods, which exist on a plane below God, and it has a ton of shit to say about the power of language and the power of names. Also, like, how to pull spirits down into statues and shit. That's Sweet. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, if there were secrets of hermetic magic that the three initiates would have, it's the Asclepius. But it makes it into none of the Kybalion. Oh, wow. I should be reading the Asclepius. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Also, in terms of initiation, there's the, there's that old bugaboo that comes out of the woodwork to fuck up all of, like, 1800s magical writing. Which oh, yeah. is the Nag Hammadi library. Ah, uh, yeah. If you've heard of that. 
mm-hmm. which was discovered in 1945, which had all the Gnostic shit, all the original texts, like actually fleshing out what Gnosticism is, as such as one can Gospels say about of it. Thomas. Yeah. All that. Thunder Perfect Mind, all, all that good shit. Also, there was, I think, eight chapters of the Asclepius that were found at Nakamadi. Oh. Yeah. That's Establishing cool. like the very solid connection between Hermeticism and Gnosticism, mm-hmm. which is kind of obvious, but like there it is. Right. You know? Yeah. And these eight chapters are about the process of initiation. It's nothing like the Kermalian. Yeah. It has nothing to do with it. It's, yeah. So, yeah, that's the Asclepius. It's kind of the, yeah, it just, it just shits all over it. So I was taking a class and one of the fellow students in it mentioned that when asked why she was taking the course, she said, well, I'm a student of Hermeticism. Does that mean someone who like is specifically into these texts? Like, I'd have to it... hear her talk more. <laughs> yeah, it right? It might mean the Kybalion. What does it Legitimately mean? Legitimately might. Because here's the thing. What does it mean to be a student of Hermeticism or a student <sighs> of of any particular thing? I guess it means that she she aligns. I'd have to hear texts. her talk more. Yeah. Because she might not mean these texts. I don't know. These texts, a lot of, that's what I'm, that's why we're doing this episode is because a lot of people, when they say that, right, they mean the Kybalion. Yeah. They don't mean the Asclepius. They don't mean the Corpus Hermeticum. They haven't read it. Or do they just mean I'm a student that's like devoted to the idea of self-transformation through the study of Hermetic texts? Uh, if they like, meant that by Hermeticism, they'd have to read stuff other than the Kybalion. Yeah. If they were looking to use vibes to get fucking paid. Then it means they're reading the Cavalian. <laughs> but yeah, so like the Asclepius is mainly about like it has a lot to do with meditation and contemplate and how meditation and contemplation will bring you to God. And that's the point of life to truly know God through gnosis. And gnosis in this context means like the experience of the truly real. Like, yeah, looking God dead in the fucking incomprehensible eye. And experiencing real knowledge that can only come from the God that's above all the things you call God, right? Mm-hmm. But it is an experience of that. And that's the goal. To me, Gnosis is like, it's the state of mind that most easily allows will and perception to Sure, that's one way it's, it's and, used now. In, and affect reality. In this context, because it is a Greek word, in the context- It's like that channel above you, sure. awareness. In this historical context- the word gnosis refers to the direct experience of God. Yeah. Knowing through no other, like that's that's just what it means when you're talking about it in the hermetic context. Mm-hmm. Having God look you in the fucking face, right? So to to achieve a state of gnosis is very, is, is that. That's what you got to do. Yeah. Through ritual and theurgy and prayer mm-hmm. and living right. And you got to have fucking kids. No man is so cursed as those who don't have a have You kids. don't have to have kids. That's what it says in the Hermetica, but no one realized that because they didn't fucking read it. I think that that can mean different things to different people, too. It doesn't have to be so literal. I think to have children means to also bear your knowledge upon the world and, and to have a lasting impact. On oh, no, there's one book in the corpus. Or is it literally it's, like... It's literally you, that. You better spill your seed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a baby. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you're, life you're the most cursed. <laughs> That's yeah rude. There's a lot of shit in the, in the corpus hermeticum that fucking disagrees with the other books because it was all written by different fucking people yeah. over the course of a very long time. 
And a lot of it was changed by people that had ulterior motives. Right. It's not like this was written by a god. Right. Hermes didn't write this. (laughs) No. He didn't exist. It's not. It was just fucking old ass magicians writing shit. And I mean, well, you know, maybe that's a point in favor of the Kybalion, but there's points against it too. Yeah. The Asclepius has a lot to say about the gods, which exist on a plane below God, and it has a ton of shit to say about the power of language and the power of names and the pulling of spirits down into idols and stuff like that, you know correspondences come from the Hermetica, like, but it really doesn't seem like the so-called three initiates read the Asclepius, but they did probably read the other two probably. So yeah, let's, let's check them out and see how it stacks up. Um, the primary concern of Hermeticism is achieving union and knowledge with God through the purification and perfection of the self. That's the Wait. goal. That's the goal. All right. I dig it. Yeah. The Hermetica describes God as all-encompassing, ineffable, and the source of all things. The universe emanates from the mind of God in a hierarchy, a great chain of being, you know, on which humans have a place, right? The first part of the Corpus Hermeticum, uh, called the Divine Pinemander or Poimandris, is like Hermes' superhero origin story. He's meditating, probably up on a hill somewhere, that all of a sudden this incredible entity of light and color and vastness and shit appears in his mind and says, What's up, dog? It's your boy Pymander, which means man-shepherd. And Pymander explains that he is the noose, the logos of God, the rational, knowable aspect of the mind of God, the experienceable aspect of the mind of God. And then he's like, watch this funky shit, and shows shows him like how the cosmic sausage gets made, the how the elements come together and fire and water come together and make air, which then like solidifies into earth and shit. All just the secrets of the universe. Mm-hmm. Right? And they they talk and like Pymander gives him the secrets. Living a good life and how the way to God is through Gnosis. Uh here's here's an here's an excerpt. Who do you wanna be do you wanna be Hermes or Pymander? I kinda wanna be Pymander. I thought you would be yeah, you'd be Pymander. <laughs> okay. I got it. You got it? Okay. So he who hath the authority over all the mortals in the cosmos and over its lives irrational bent his face downwards through the harmony, breaking right through its strength, and showed to downward nature God's fair form. And when she saw that form of beauty which can never satiate, and him who now possessed within himself every single energy of all seven rulers as well as God's own form, she smiled with love. For it was as though she had seen the image of man's fairest form upon her water, his shadow on her earth. He, in turn, beholding the form like to himself, existing in her, in her water, loved it and willed to live in it. And with the will came act, and so he vivified the form devoid of reason. And nature took the object of her love and wound herself completely around him, and they were intermingled, for they were lovers." And this is why, beyond all creatures on the earth, man is twofold. Mortal, because of his body, but, because of the essential man, immortal. Though deathless and possessed of sway over all, yet doth he suffer as a mortal doth. Subject to fate. Subject to fate. Thus, though, above the harmony, within the harmony, he hath become a slave. Though male-female, as from a father male-female, and though he is sleepless from a sleepless sire, Yet he is overcome by sleep. Teach on, O mind of me, for I myself as well am amorous of the word. I love words. (laughs) This is the mystery kept hid until this day. Nature embraced by man brought forth a wonder, 
oh so wonderful for as he had the nature of the concord of the seven who as i said to thee were made of fire and spirit nature delayed not but immediately brought forth seven men in correspondence with the natures of the seven male female and moving in the air oh shepherd for now i am filled with great desire and long to hear do not run off come back come back keep silence for as for not as yet have i unrolled for thee the first discourse lo i am still in such wise then i have said the generation of these seven came to pass earth was as woman her water filled with longing ripeness she took from fire spirit from ether nature thus brought forth frames to the to suit the form of man and man from light and life changed into soul and mind from life to soul from light to mind and thus continued all the sense world's parts until the period of their end and new beginnings now listen to the rest of the discourse which thou dost long to hear the period being ended the bond that bound them all was loosened by god's will for all the animals being male female at the same time with man were loosed apart some became partly male some in like fashion partly female and straightway god spoke by his holy word increase ye in increasing and multiply in multitude ye creatures and creations all and man hath that and man that hath mind in him let him learn to know that he himself is deathless and that the cause of death is love and love is all it's fucking complex it is. Yeah. So while it's not my intention to give even a usable explanation of hermeticism here, I think it's important that we get a feel for it. Now, according to some traditions that aren't necessarily scholarly, the powers that Hermes Trismegistus gets are that of alchemy, astrology, and theurgy, which is ritual magic to commune with gods and God, right? And according to these non-scholarly traditions, Trismegistus means thrice greatest and refers to Hermes being a master of the three divine sciences of astrology, alchemy, and theurgy. Actually, Trismegistus means great, great, great. And in Egypt, when you wanted to say something was the best, or like the superlative version of a word, mm -hmm. you wrote it three times. So it means Hermes the best. Yeah. Is, is what that is. Yeah. Hermes times three. Yeah. Hermes great times three. So again, Hermeticism about purification, leading a perfect life, how the shit got here, and that you can meet and comprehend God itself. And that's the point. And one of the ways to do that is through creating life beyond your own. Yes. Starting a family. Yeah. And then later on in the book, it says, if you don't do that, you're cursed for fucking ever. Yeah. <laughs> Which scares the fuck out of me because ever since I, I thought of the idea that like maybe you only get like reincarnated if you if your DNA line continues and shit, <laughs> like I've been terrified and like I might just have to go like sell my sperm or something, but I am poor so no one wants it. I'm fucked. No, you're this not. is the last go around. There's other members in your family that have your DNA that, you know, that's fine. It ends with us. <laughs> so the Corpus Hermeticum, written between 100 and 300 CE or AD, whatever your pleasure is. So way later than the earliest Hermetic groups. It was mostly compi compiled by uh, Byzantine editors in the old Byzantine Empire, which is really weird and interesting and no one knows about it anymore. And then there's the Emerald Tablet which is extremely short. This was written originally in Arabic, somewhere between 200 and 800 AD. The frame story around it says it was discovered beneath a statue of Hermes Trismegistus, but that may very well just be some fucking fiction. Probably didn't. This is the Emerald Tablet. 
in total. Would you like to do it or should I? I think we should both do it. Okay. True it is without falsehood, certain and most true. That which is above is like to that which is below, and that which is below is like to that which is above, to accomplish the miracles of one thing. And as all things were by contemplation of one, so all things arose from this one thing by a single act of adaptation. The father thereof is the sun, the mother the moon. The wind carried it in its womb, the earth is the nurse thereof. It is the father of all works of wonder throughout the whole world. The power thereof is perfect. If it be cast onto earth, it will separate the element of earth from that of fire, the subtle from the gross. With great sagacity it doth ascend gently from earth to heaven. Again it doth descend to earth, and uniteth in itself the force from things superior and things inferior. Thus thou wilt possess the glory of the brightness of the whole world, and all obscurity will fly far from thee. This thing is the strong fortitude of all strength, for it overcometh every subtle thing and doth penetrate every solid substance. Thus was this world created. Hence will there be marvelous adaptations achieved, of which the manner is this. For this reason I am called Hermes Trismegistus, because I hold three parts of the wisdom of the whole world. That which I had to say about the operation of soul is completed. <laughs> now, if you didn't understand a fucking look at that, that's okay. Literally no one does. Like, it is... Alright, maybe not no one, but like, it's kind of whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. Unity, baby. Yeah. One of the central points of Hermeticism is the idea of correspondence. The, that the micro is like the macro, that human beings are a reflection of the universe in total. As you may have noticed, the Emerald Tablet contains the phrase, that which is above is like that which is below. Yep. This has been transformed into the phrase, as above, so below. That's where that comes from. So we've got two different important texts, both written in different languages, hundreds of years apart, and in fact, Corpus Hermeticum, written over the course of hundreds of years by different fucking people. And... Many hundreds of years away from when the first Hermetic book clubs were happening in Alexandria. So what happens then? Well, Hermeticism was kind of, was known by scholars and shit in Rome and Middle Ages. Like people whispered about Hermes Trismegistus and the ancient mysteries teachings and shit. But fast forward to the Renaissance and old Cosimo de' Medici. He's hanging out like the OG Italian gangster he was. It's just what he fucking was. And he's collecting philosophy books and having them translated. Someone comes to him with this crazy fucking ass find. It's the Corpus Hermeticum, this legendary fucking text of this old desert wizard, right? There was, n but the actual text had not been discovered or translated yet. Medici, he's having his boy Marce Marcello Ficino uh, translate some Plato bullshit, but he says, uh, Marcello, stop the presses. We got wizard shit to translate. He actually has him stop translating like, uh, I think it's the Republic. It's one of a very famous Plato book to, to that's how important this find yeah. was, right? Like Plato can wait. Yeah, literally. So Ficino puts down the Plato and begins to translate the Corpus Hermeticum. And initially Hermeticism is this huge hit in the Renaissance and it's super fucking influential in the evolution of philosophy and it mixes with Neoplatonism and this Neoplatonism revival that happens in the Renaissance and there's fucking magic and shit and goddamn Giordano Bruno and all these fucking assholes, right? Huge hit. Real important. Because all these assholes thought that this was truly ancient wisdom, mm -hmm. like from before Plato, from like old Egypt. That's what they thought. And when is this happening? This is fucking, God, late 1400s, early 1500s, something Word. like that. Yeah, Renaissance. Yeah. Um, Cosmo fucking the Lord of Florence uh, between 1434 and 1464. So 
mid 1400s. Yep. Yeah. So eventually though, like pretty soon, I don't know, at some point, maybe it's not that soon. Maybe it's a couple people later through analysis of the text. They realize that like this shit is not thousands of years old, that this shit was at, written after Christ. Right. Yeah. Which really changes things. Because if you got all this shit that seems to confirm like some Christian magic bullshit and it comes from thousands of years ago, it means a lot more than if it comes from after Christianity was founded. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of philosophers drop, dropped it like it just went on Alex Jones in a ski mask. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And apart from a handful of wizards, people pretty much didn't touch hermeticism until the late 1800s when those wizards picked it up. The Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, Theosophy, etc., etc. Huh. See, this is interesting because I'm thinking about the alleged author of this course that I just took was on yeah. Splendor Solis, which is a okay. late 15th century alchemical manuscript that yep. was made for the purpose of, you know, a lot of rich people wanted these images and these texts sort of translated and put into their own personal yeah. libraries. So yeah, they yeah, yeah. commission different artists to create recreations of similar artworks, similar texts. Sure. To... And this manuscript is credited to this guy, Solomon Trismason, who is like, not that's not his real name and nobody knows okay. who he really is. Word, word. You know, but he's supposed to like be this great alchemist that taught Paracelsus, apparently, and also claims that he possessed the Philosopher's Stone. Sure, and he's sure. credited to all of these things, but nobody knows like he he didn't he's not really the one that made them. Sure, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, it's actually just a manuscript that's a collection of things from different people. Under the name Solomon Trismason. That's, I mean, that's the same shit. There's so many texts like that. Right. There's fucking so many. That is, yeah. it's actually pretty recently that we stopped doing that. <laughs> yep. But that just reminded me of, yeah. of what you're talking and about and, and this whole the... 15th century flavor of like them all being interested in these ideas. And there was yeah. like this, this frenzy yeah. amongst, um, aristocrats and upper crust people to like get these texts yeah 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 and a lot of that mission these works from uh the medicis and cosmo de medici which is i mean that's a whole fucking fascinating thing i mean th these fucking guys were gangsters right like yeah. they, they kind of they were merchants who just fucking started running shit in a very archetypal italian type of way <laughs> that they're the original mob i mean yeah 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 like straight up um it's a that's they're fast and the Medici's financing of art and of philosophy and of the translation of these things that's kind of what did that and especially translating Corpus Hermeticum you know had a huge impact on like research of interest in alchemy and all the shit right do you ever like realize you're getting to a point where your knowledge of something just runs out and you're like oh my god I have to finish this sentence but I'm gonna say something fucking stupid yeah yeah I do it all the time a lot yeah, yeah. a lot a lot but yeah, so late 1800s, that occult revival picks up Hermeticism. Again, Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, Theosophy, etc. And, you know, Hermes Trismegistus is sort of the OG Western right-hand path magician. As I said earlier, he's kind of the first ascended master. Yeah, I was going to say, he does have similarities to like a Saint Germain type character. Very, very much so. You know? Very fucking much so. And less trickster. Yep. Not a trickster. Um, Jedi. Yeah. You can think of Hermes Trismegistus as where the Jedi actually come from. Yeah. But as far as like right-hand path versus left-hand path magic, which is dumb terms, but people kind of get them. Right-hand path, raising yourself up to know God. Left-hand path, doing shit in the material world. Hermeticism is right-hand path, theurgy, high magic shit. Mm -hmm. It's not about getting paid. Yeah. In fact, 
hermeticism really doesn't like you're not supposed to be concerned with getting paid right you know this will become relevant very quickly okay new thought what is new thought it's the secret the law of attraction Mm -hmm. right that's think and grow rich the power of positive thinking the idea that your thoughts affect reality it comes out of america at the dawn of the 20th century so late 1800s early 1900s right after hermeticism gets picked back up again right and it was heavily influenced by all sorts of fucking things like the western magical traditions and it was very heavily influenced by things like christian science and shit and it's out of this milieu that the kybalion comes here's a quote from the intro to the kybalion willow purpose of this work is not the enunciation of any special philosophy or doctrine, but rather is to give to the students a statement of the truth that will serve to reconcile the many bits of occult knowledge that they may have acquired, but which are apparently opposed to each other and which often serve to discourage and disgust the beginner in the study. Our intent is not to erect a new temple of knowledge, but rather to place in the hands of the student a master key, with which he may open the many inner doors in the temple of mystery through the main portals he has already entered. There is no portion of the occult teachings possessed by the world which have been so closely guarded as the fragments of the hermetic teachings which have come down to us over the tens of centuries which have elapsed since the lifetimes of its great founder, Hermes Trismegistus, the scribe of the gods who dwelt in old Egypt and the days when the present race of men was in its infancy. Contemporary with Abraham, and, if the legends be true, an instructor of that venerable sage Hermes was, and is, the great central son of occultism, whose rays have served to illumine, illumine, <laughs> whose rays have served to illumine the countless teachings which have been promulgated since his time. All the fundamental and basic teachings embedded in the esoteric teachings of every race may be traced back to Hermes. <laughs> Even the most ancient teachings of India undoubtedly have their roots in the original hermetic teachings. Undoubtedly. Oh, come on. You're <laughs> off the rails there. Yeah, dude. That's what I'm saying. I was it's with it for such, the first paragraph. It's such fucking bullshit. Oh. Do you know when the fucking Bhagavad Gita was written, you piece of shit? It's stroking itself too hard. Oh, and that's just literally the first half of the first page, dude. Yeah. It's That's just what this fucking book is. <laughs> Three initiates. It goes on to claim that there's been a secret unbroken chain of initiates going all the way back to Hermes, whose wisdom is recorded in the secret magical book, The Kybalion, of which this book, The Kybalion, is but a glimpse at. Yeah. It's worth noting that Kybalion is not a word in any language and is likely just the word Kabbalah made to sound Greek. Another quote. They reserve their pearls of wisdom for the few elect who recognize their value and who wear them in their crowns instead of casting them before the materialistic vulgar swine who would trample them in the mud and mix them with their disgusting mental food. But still, these men have never forgotten or overlooked the original teachings of Hermes. Regarding the passing on of the words of truth to those ready to receive it, which teaching is stated in the Kybalion as follows? Where fall the footsteps of the master, the ears of those ready for his teaching open wide. And again, when the ears of the student are ready to hear, then cometh the lips to fill them with wisdom. <laughs> but their customary attitude has always been strictly in accordance with the other hermetic aphorism, also in the Kybalion. The lips of wisdom are closed, except 
to the ears of understanding. Again, Kybalius is not a not a real book. And throughout this book, it quotes the fake Kybalion. It's a neat device, you know. Yeah, it reminds me of like, I don't know, um, like the King in Yellow or something. Like, like sure. quotes from a, you know. Yeah. I do like that conceptually. As fiction. To, to quote a fake text. As fiction. Yes. But when there's, you could go just read the Corpus Hermeticum if you wanted to, I'm pretty sure this time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Cabellian claims it's a compilation of basic hermetic doctrines. It focuses on the mastery of mental forces instead of material elements, and the book presents and claims to explain the teachings of the Kabbalion for modern students, yeah. aiming to benefit those ready to learn and walk the path of mastery. Oh, if you if your ears are open to understanding, then my lips got wisdom, baby. The law of attraction ensures that the right teacher and student will be brought together at the appropriate time, is what it says. Mm-hmm. In the, in Once the you're book. ready to hear, my lips are going to come and fill them. It literally uses the term law of attraction, too. Delightful. It claims that the god Hermes is based off the very real and very powerful wizard Hermes Trismegistus. <laughs> it's pretty much a fuck ton of hyper-pretentious, patently bullshit esoteric mambo-jambo. The main contents of the book are what it calls the seven hermetic principles. While the Corpus Hermeticum does have seven principles, those are those are the planets. Right. Those, those are the fucking planets. And it's kind of a softer version of like the archonic conception of the planets in Gnosticism. Uh, but let's take a look at what the Kabbalion says are the seven hermetic principles. One, the principle of mentalism. This principle posits that the foundational nature of reality is mental, stating the all is mind, the universe is mental. Oh, the Mitch Horowitz tagline. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it suggests that the entire universe exists within the mind of the all or the ultimate consciousness or God, and that the mental aspect of reality is the foundation for the manifestation of all things and Understanding it allows for greater control over one's own thoughts and experiences and manifestations. Okay, yes and no, sure, yeah. Right. I don't well, disagree, but I do think that it's dangerous to take it too far. It's a cheap-as-fuck version of what the real hermetic texts say. Yeah. Because the real hermetic texts are saying, like, we exist in the mind of God, all this shit. But, like, it's not that you can do that, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think that's the dangerous part. Yeah. Being like, no, but your thoughts... They do affect all of reality. I mean, you know, I don't want, I don't necessarily want to get into like the validity of like magical practices and shit. Cause no. like, you know, I mean, it's fucking like shit. The, the, uh, the magical technique I've gotten the weirdest and most reality shaking results from is fucking Neville Goddard, which is, I got nothing up, against the law of attraction, which is straight up new thought. You know yeah, what I mean? Got nothing against it. Yeah. Like, I do think that it can be taken to dangerous extremes, though. When Absolutely. someone starts to, like, really think that my thoughts are affecting every... Like, that that they can affect other people with their thoughts. That yeah. they can affect other people's actions. That they can affect the laws, I'm, the law of chaos I would that say also exists. New thought is particularly uh, dangerous for unstable people. Yeah. yeah. It's a particularly dangerous school of thought. But... You know, used appropriately with moderation sure. and healthily, this shit's awesome. It's yeah, great for you. Absolutely. All right. Principle two, the principle of correspondence. Oh, and you'll notice that a lot of the principles in here do, it's clear that they were influenced by Hermeticism, but it's about the purpose. The principle of correspondence. This is the as above, so below shit. Principle of correspondence highlights the interrelatedness and mirroring of different levels of reality, it implies that the patterns and relationships observed in one realm can be found in another allowing for the bridging of different levels of understanding and the application of knowledge across various planes of existence. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty simple it's there. Correspondence, yeah. Principle of vibration. 
vibes, bruh. Yes. Everything be vibrating. Good vibes, good vibes. And by understanding the vibrational, rhythmic nature of reality and learning to modulate one's own vibrations, an individual can align with specific frequencies and create desired outcomes or experiences. And it emphasizes the interconnectedness of all things through their shared vibratory nature. Again, it's fine. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, vibes, yeah. Vibes, bro. Principle, po- principle of polarity posits that everything in the universe has its opposite, and that these opposites are merely different expressions of the same underlying reality. And this is like a lot of like, oh, if you're too joyous, like you're going to have to pay for it in sadness type shit. So you should like moderate your emotions and stuff. Is that is, is that what this is? That's what it gets into in, in the Kybalion, yeah. Oh, I don't like that interpretation of it. Me, me neither. No, no, no. But that that is what it gets into in the Kybalion. Yeah. Principle of rhythm. Everything in the universe follows cyclic patterns and natural rhythms. Yeah. You can understand work with these rhythms to harness their ebb and flow to achieve desired outcomes, maintain balance in, in your life. Uh, it acknowledges the importance of change and the cyclical nature of growth, decay, and rebirth. Sure. Yeah, everything follows a cycle. Everything's yeah. got its rhythm. The principle of cause and effect. Every cause <laughs> has its effect. Every effect has its cause. I feel like these are all the same thing, kind of. Yes. They are. Yeah, more or less. There are only seven because there's seven planets and there's seven, seven big numbers. Seven. Seven. Yeah, I got it. Seven. Yeah, recognizing that every action has consequences and that conscious choices can shape one's reality. Principle of cause and effect. Got yep. it. The principle of gender. The principle of g- gender exists on all planes of existence, manifesting as masculine and feminine principles. This principle asserts that the interaction and balance between these principles are essential for creation, harmony, and the manifestation of all things. You gotta understand and work with the principle of gender to balance and harmonize the masculine and feminine energies within yourself and your environment, fostering growth and creativity. Okay. Now, when we... I'm not strictly against any of these ideas. No. They may even be incredibly useful ideas. Hell, I may have even found these ideas incredibly useful in my own life. Yep. Considering they didn't originate with the fucking Kybalion. None of this is being published for the first time here. The problem with the Kybalion is that it claims to be something it simply is not. You may have noticed something in those principles. They're all about operating more effectively in the world. They're all about manifesting desired outcomes. It's it's all about how you can use this shit to get stuff to be more effective right yeah. hermeticism real hermeticism does not give a single flying fuck about that right it's more of just here's how things are here's how things are you need to live a good life or like you can use the way the universe works to live a pure life to purify yourself to reach god right it's about reaching god yeah but they're not going to give you the blueprint for like here's how you do it you do X, Y, Z. Well, Hermeticism actually does kind of give you the blueprint for reaching God. Yeah. The problem is the Kybalion says, oh, God's too big, too ineffable. You're never going to know him. It takes that part away from it. When that's the whole entire focus of Hermeticism. It is a fucking philosophy of purity and asceticism so that you can come face to face with the big guy upstairs. Mm-hmm. The Kybalion doesn't give a fuck about that and instead wants to use what it it wants you to achieve godhood the kybalion wants you to get paid yeah it's about operating more effectively on the nature of god speaks very little what it says is that god is too big to comprehend you'll never get it it's literally like it flips it on its fucking ass right does that does that make sense yes (laughs) i said that tentatively yeah after the seven principles it goes on to talk about what is another big main thrust of the book the principle of mental or mental transmutation. <clears throat> okay. Mind as well as metals and elements may be transmuted from state to state, degree to degree, condition to condition, pole to pole, vibration to vibration. 
True hermetic transmutation is a mental art. The Kybalion. Hmm. It doth keep going. As we have stated, the Hermetists were the original alchemists, astrologers, and psychologists, Hermes having been the founder of these schools of thought. From astrology has grown modern astronomy, from alchemy has grown modern chemistry, from the mystic psychology has grown the modern psychology of the schools. Among the many secret branches of knowledge possessed by the Hermetists was that known as mental transmutation, which forms the subject matter of this lesson. The first of all the seven Hermetic principles is the principle of mentalism, the axiom of which is the all is mind, the universe is mental, which means that the underlying reality of the universe is mind, and the universe itself is mental, that is, existing in the mind of the all. We shall consider this principle in succeeding lessons, but let us see the effect of the principle if it is assumed to be true. If the universe is mental in its nature, then mental transmutation must be the art of changing the conditions of the universe along the lines of matter, force, and mind. So you see, therefore, that mental transmutation is really the magic of which the ancient writers had so much to say in their mystical works, and about which they gave so few practical instructions. If all be mental, then the art which enables one to transmute mental conditions must render the master the controller of material conditions, as well as those ordinarily called mental. See what I'm saying? Oh. Yeah. It's not about dancing with the great cosmic dance. It's about bending it to your fucking will. How funny, this was published in Chicago in 1908. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> from the next, and like, from the next chapter, here's the Kybalion's conception of God. We accept and teach that the view of the great hermetic thinkers of all times, as well as of those illumined souls who have reached higher planes of being, both of whom assert that the inner nature of the all is unknowable. This must be so. For not by the all itself can comprehend its own nature and being. The hermetists believe and teach that the all in itself, is and must ever be unknowable. They regard all the theories, guesses, and speculations of the, the theologians and metaphysicians regarding the inner nature of the all. As but the childish efforts of mortal minds to grasp the secret of the infinite, such efforts have always failed, and will always fail, from the very nature of the task. Now, I will say that the hermetic conception of this divine gnosis is one in which you can't express to someone else, they have to see for themselves. But again, the entire point of Hermeticism is to know God. But you also have to realize that you can never. No, no, no. Hermeticism, the philosophy of Hermeticism. Says that you can? It's the entire point. Yeah. It's yeah. the attempt to, but no. not necessarily the- It's the doing. Yeah. It's the repeat, reaching You would gnosis. never attain it? Yes. Like forever. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's the stated goal is to be able to reach that state at will and eventually oh, ascend. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. That's a the- Ascend? Basically. Where? Like live in that state of gnosis. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, I agree that it's it's good to like be able to enter the Gnostic level and be able to like act within it at will, but I don't think you need to be there all the well, time. Listen, I'm not defending the validity of right. Hermeticism. Right. It, it, like, like many people, once I actually read the texts, I found I didn't agree with it as much as I thought I did. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, and, and I think that's a common thing for people that do of, read the texts. I agree more with the idea that God is unknowable and that you can never really truly like <sighs> attain well, knowing I'd, of the all. I it's would. Not for us to know. I would. I would suggest that 
knowing in this case means the direct experience, not necessarily the ability to translate that into mm-hmm. anything. Uh, and I would say that hermeticism is pretty clear that you're not going to be able to tell people in a convincing way what you saw, you know? Yeah. But again, like I'm not personally super interested in like going whole hog with the high magic thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, it, it doesn't grab me that way. I right? think, um, not to sound, I don't know, not to get on like a high magical horse, but I think you and I have both already had contact with the divine in like a profound and mind blowing way that, that already gave us like confirmation, like, oh yeah, there's, there's more out there than we can, that, than we know of. Like we've already gotten that. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I personally, I feel as though I've, from being too shy and anxious, like wasted a lot of valuable time and spent fucking around on this earth. And that's kind yeah. of what I'm more interested right. in. Right. So I don't this, need to seek like, oh, I I need confirmation that there's more out there, that the mysteries of the universe. Like, I don't sure. I don't need that. I'm already very aware that the universe works in like mysterious ways. Now, how can I have a good life? Sure. On this yeah. Plane? Again, like it's not like I don't I think debating the merits of hermeticism. I'm just talking about my yeah. perception of it and yeah, yeah, like, yeah. my opinions. Yeah. And I mean, I assume that that's what the dude who wrote the Kybalion felt, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like. My problem with the Kybalion is not that it's is not the content of the techniques or even the aims. Right. Philosophies can be different. It's fine. But hermeticism is about the techniques so that you can repeatedly look God in his fucking face. Mm-hmm. This thing says you can't ever do that. Yeah. And that you should focus on using vibes to get paid. And so many fucking people think that the Kybalion is what it claims to be. And thinks that that is hermetic philosophy. I think it all comes down to the intent and the motive of why the book was released in the first place. We know why. Yeah, because that really alters, like, you know, the content therein. Well, we're we're about to get into William Walker Atkinson. Yeah. So, yeah, I think at this point it should be clear. It's just at at a certain point, the Kybalion wouldn't be written in the same way it was if hermeticism didn't exist. However, they diverge on a couple very well-defined philosophical points. It goes on for a bunch more chapters. It's nothing you haven't heard before. There's a lot of all-cap sentences that winds up being essentially the power of positive thinking. A bunch of hermetic scholars have taken this thing down. This is from a great essay by Nicholas E. Chapel called The Kybalion's New Clothes. This is a huge quote. I'm probably not going to keep all of it in. Okay. Indeed. The differences in cosmology are almost trivial compared to the fundamental difference in the focus of the Kybalion as contrasted with that of Hermeticism across its two millennia. Hermeticism is and has always been centrally and unwaveringly focused on the experiential knowledge of divinity. This is apparent from the very first lines in which the narrator states his greatest desire. I wish to learn about the things that are, to understand their nature and to know God. a great goal and desire. The focus on salvific knowledge is so central to Hermeticism that in Book 7 we are told that the greatest evil in mankind is ignorance concerning God. Even the common... See, like... No, no, no. I'm just... I, I like that quote. Greatest evil in mankind is ignorance concerning God. Yeah. Because then you, if you compare that to the Kybelian that says yeah, yeah. God is unknowable, yeah. um, isn't that willingly making yourself ignorant yeah. to God if you just 
like if you willingly flat out accept like oh no that thing is unknowable i'm just not going to pursue trying to know it then that's bad yeah but if you approach it knowing well i'm not going to learn everything but i'm going to try yeah you know yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good yeah knowing i'm, I'm not going to learn everything yeah i can't i only have one lifetime it's not enough time sure but i'm going to try to know god sure because the greatest evil in mankind is ignorance yeah. concerning God, whatever your conception of God is. But I like that. And that to me does highlight what you were saying about like the difference yeah, yeah, yeah. between the conceptions and God going on. Even the common cosmological emphasis of the Hermetica revolves around this preoccupation. The overarching concern of the authors of the Hermetica was <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate cause of the universe, God, and therefore the aim of all their discussions on cosmology and creation was to bring the reader or listener through admiration of the cosmos to the adoration of and mystical union with the supreme god ultimate cause of the universe the point of all the discussion of the nature of the universe the gods the heaven and earth was to elevate the audience to divine gnosis in contrast, the Kybelian focuses on the knowledge of the nature of the universe as a means to attaining knowledge of the universal laws in order that this knowledge, in turn, may facilitate the practice of mental transmutation, which is the central focus of the text. So basically, the Hermetica is about knowing nature and the universe that you may change your life so that you may know God, while the Kybelian is about knowing nature and the universe so you may know how to better change your life for the sake of changing your life. I think it's the difference between trying to know God and trying to become God. Yeah. 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 There's, well, <laughs> progressive era America. Right hand versus left hand. Very much right hand versus left hand. I mean, new thought is fucking left hand path magic. Yeah. Yeah. Chapel argues that the knowledge discussed in the Kybalion is not the divine gnosis found in, in the Hermetica, but rather an intellectual understanding of universal law and mental transmutation. New Thought and thus the Kybalion aimed to eliminate false beliefs and errors of the mind that held people in subjugation. And unlike Divine Gnosis, which is spiritual insight based on revelation, the focus on the, of the Kybalion is on noesis, emphasizing purely intellectual comprehension. Uh, Chapel continues. All in all, the Kybalion seems to commit the error of confusing the means with the end. Mental transmutation is held to be the pinnacle of hermetic philosophy. A small amount of textual analysis serves powerfully to reinforce this impression. Of the 22 instances in which traits and abilities are ascribed to the masters or the hermitists, terms which are used interchangeably, every one of them pertains to the ability to control their mental world, to dominating their moods, transmuting and mastering their mental states, attaining emotional stability, and developing powers to control the world around them thereby. Even the passages pertaining to the master or the hermetist controlling cause and effect come back in the final analysis to the control of emotional and mental states. Their superhuman power in the end is nothing more than a form of mental continence. Their mastery is attained by understanding the natural laws and putting them into practice, rather than rising on the plains to achieve ecstatic union with the Godhead. Yeah. Well said, sir. Yeah, and Chapel says that while the Kybalion is certainly influenced by the Hermetica, it has absolutely nothing to say about the Hermetica, and instead uses its flavor as a way to shill new thought, which should come as no surprise since we know beyond any reasonable doubt who wrote the damn thing. A new thought author named William Walker Atkinson, who had a penchant for publishing many of his long, long list of books under pseudonyms. 
So William Walker Atkinson, he was an influential writer, attorney, and publisher, and uh, a star in the New Thought movement. He was... New Thought reminds me so much of like... This, the self-help boom yeah, that's yeah. like super popular Came right out of has it. been like for the past 20 years. Came right out of it. Yeah, yeah very he, much. Yep. Atkinson was born in Baltimore, Maryland. He experienced both success and personal difficulties in his early career as a lawyer and businessman. And then he had a mental and physical breakdown huh. and became interested in mental healing and the power of the mind, which eventually led him to the New Thought Movement, a tale as old as time. My God, dude. Atkinson uh, wrote on various subjects related to the powers of the mind, including mental healing, mental influence, concentration, and psychic power under his own name and various pseudonyms. His writing style was often didactic, providing practical guidance and exercises for readers. Some of his most well-known pseudonyms include Theron Q. Dumont, Yogi Rama Chakra, <laughs> and Swami Panchadasi. Okay. <laughs> Let's see what he's doing. Here's a list of some of his books. Under the name William Walker Atkinson, Thought Vibration or the Law of Attraction in the Thought World. Practical Mind Reading. The Secret of Success. The Power of Concentration. Memory, How to Develop, Train, and Use It. Mind Power, The Secret of Mental Magic. The Human Aura, Astral Colors and Thought Forms. Reincarnation and the Law of Karma. Under Theron Q. Dumont, The Advanced Course in Personal Magnetism. The Master Mind. The Art and Science of Personal Magnetism. <laughs> the Solar Plexus, or Abdominal Brain. Under the name Yogi Ramachakra. 14 Lessons in Yogi Philosophy and Oriental Occultism. Hatha Yoga, or the Yogi Philosophy of Physical Well-Being. Raja Yoga, or Mental Development. Oh my god, he's writing a bunch of books like <laughs> as a yogi. He's just this fucking white dude from Maryland. Yeah, dude. Oh my god. Yeah, dude. Yeah, a series of lessons... In Raja Yoga, like, come on, dude. He's really going all all out. He's got the science of psychic healing, the life beyond death, under the name Swami Panchadasi, the astral world, clairvoyance and occult powers. So, yeah, and basically, like, Chabal points out that a lot of terms that show up in the Kybalion, like, also show up in Atkinson's other books. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay. I like this, that... um Chapel points out in one of Atkinson's books, he advises that when you feel fearful, remember the real self fears nothing and assert courage. Like, I just don't think that this is great practical advice. I think that fear is a very useful and, and human feeling that we often feel for good reason and we should examine like where our fear is coming from. Well, the three initiates say that the case of a fearful man can be filled with the highest degree of courage and fearlessness by raising his mental vibrations along the line of fear courage. <laughs> Lord. Yep, just get that courage up. All, all you need is a little courage. So, Chapel also points just out go that for he, a jog. he fucking applies the same idiosyncratic capitalization, capitalizing random-ass words and shit, the same ones in both books. Yeah. yeah. Also, in a 1912 publication entitled Who's Who in America, in his self-submitted biography... Um, Atkinson lists the Kybalion under books he's written. So, so there you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, oh yeah, his publishing company, which of which he was like, all those books were published under, it was called the Yogi Publication Society. <laughs> Smarter than your average bear. Smarter than your average bear, yes. So the real crime of the Kybalion is not the things it says, but what it purports to be. And the fact that so, so, so many people read it and think that it is hermeticism without ever going back and looking at the truly strange thought-provoking, beautiful, and really dense and hard to get through 
philosophy of Hermeticism. It's just more evidence of the plastic spirituality that most people seem kind of content with. And I get it. It'll get you a faster car, a hotter wife, it'll grow your dick by six inches. Everyone wants shit to be better. I do. That's exactly the void that American spiritual hucksters have always claimed to fill. And it's exactly the appropriation of complex belief systems that America is so very fucking good at. And if you get value out of it, that's cool. But it's not hermetic. It's not even very good as a new thought book. It's just superficially spooky enough to never, ever fucking die. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all I got on it. Man. Yeah. I had to do an episode about it at some point. I think that this is so interesting and I'm glad that you did. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Especially because it like, it sort of ties into tangentially what we're talking about next week. Oh yeah. Hoax it's stuff. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this idea of fake things affecting reality. Yeah. Or things that purport to be real and take from real things in order to. I mean, you know, we talked about this one like NLP pickup artist feller in our NLP episode. Yeah. Who claims to be a hermitist. Mm-hmm. He's talking about the Kybalion. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those fucking guys. Well, it's because those are the guys that think that if they say the right thing, that then they can get what they want, that there is a formula. Yeah. That there is, yeah, if yeah, they yeah. just want it hard enough and work hard enough, that they will get what they want. Yes. Because there is a path to do that. Yeah. Because they can control the universe. Like, mm, and In some ways there is, but you got to temper that shit. Yeah, exactly. You have to have humility too. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I You're think- You're human. Honestly, the fucking- my personal philosophy is that the correct way is somewhere in the middle, you know, between the ascetic fucking totalitarian philosophy is ex expressed in the Hermetica and the uh, get you a faster car and a bigger dick philosophy espoused in the Kybalion. Like, I think there's a there's a the way is the balance of the two, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What do we think about the fucking the three of cups? I think that that's what. If you're interested in these topics and esoteric stuff and self-mastery and knowing God and achieving Gnosis, one great way of doing that, other than um, reading old fake books alone in your bedroom on sacredtext.org, is to get together with friends and talk about that shit. Yeah, but careful with the group shit, because that's where cults happen. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, so, all right. You ever been to a party where things are going well, you know, everyone's shucking and jiving, having a good time? And then, like, someone or, like, a group of people show up and just fuck up the vibe and don't leave. Uh-huh. That's the Kybalion. Yeah. That's the, the party is the party of Hermeticism, which has always changed and evolved mm -hmm. and was written over the course of hundreds well, like on hundreds. the hangover after the party. It's the aftermath. It's the guy under the table still drinking. Yeah. It's like, dude, that's not what we're trying <laughs> to do. Or, like... Or you're, you're trying to play a board game, but he doesn't like board games and he just fucking, like he's yeah. still at the party, but he changed the entire vibe of the party. Right. Now you're all disappointed because you really want to play board games for your birthday or something. Mm. That never happened to me. I don't want to just start talking. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think that ever actually happened to me. My friends like board games a lot. But yeah, like it's. I mean, obviously the three initiates. Right. Um, There's also the, I mean, it's uh three is the sphere of Bina. It's the. uh um, observable universe sphere. It's a sphere of Saturn. I forget what, um... It's very much, the Three of Cups is like what the Kybelian sort of purports to be on its yeah. face. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. It's like, come come here and you can have this. Yeah, come join the party. Have a, yeah. have a drink. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, there's... And then the, 
<laughs> the punch is spiked. Like I almost like it would if I I, I want to use the you know quote unquote reversed interpretation of the mm-hmm. three of cups for it, where it's like the it's not necessarily a harmonious party. Right. It's like it's like maybe one of those people is a fucking asshole, but he's, you know, but he's still there, he's still at the party, still fucking there, won't fucking leave, yeah. won't fucking leave. We're stopping trying to have a good time. Won't leave. Yeah, I think that's where the three of cups fits in with the Cabalion. I think that does it. I think that'll do her. Yeah, so that's the Kybalion. I really enjoyed it. that. Thank oh, you. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. Um, if you like what we do, you can leave us a rating and review on whatever podcast platform you use. You tell your friends. And you can also join our Patreon. Yes. Which, Al, when this episode comes out, yeah, I guess this is the time to, to shill it. Um, so we're going to be doing a thing. 2021, whenever the fuck it was. We got a big old kick of research and ascended master teachings, cults and shit. And we've wanted to kind of keep looking at that shit, but like- We never really stopped looking at really it. stopped. We just haven't had the right venue in which to really like share those things. And then I think we realized, oh wait, we have this whole bonus show. We do. So <laughs> yeah. we're going to start doing that over there. Because one- um, There's a lot more to cover in that There's a world. lot more to cover. And uh, I think the for the first outing on that- I'm going to be talking about the, the uh, Violet Flame Wizards of Romanian politics. There's a bunch of Violet Flame Wizards in Romania. Holy shit. Casting spells on TV and shit, trying to fuck up Romanian politics. Yep. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to be talking about on the bonus episode that comes out this week. Yes. And uh, yeah, you can sign up for $5 a month or more if you so choose and uh, get access to our bonus series and everything we do over there, the Discord, all that shit. Go do it. <laughs> We're also on social media, so feel free to follow us over there at the Nonsense Bazaar. I'm on a hiatus, and it feels very good. Yep. I'm on a slight hiatus. It'll pop back into Twitter with a whip or two from time to time, but oh, it does feel good, though. All righty, folks. All right. Take care of yourselves. Peace out. Peace. <laughs>